Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Good to, good, good to be together this morning. Um, yeah, just to, let, let, me, let me just say one thing before I get into my notes and where we're going this morning. Um, by way of just uh, update um, for you to be aware of as our church family, um, there's, there's some key moments that we just uh, we want you all to be part of with us. Uh, and one of the things which we want you to be part of the journey over the next while with us is around um, eldership. We've been praying over the last while, just specifically with regards elders in church, um, and it might come as no surprise to you, but over the last number of months, we've really been praying and discerning and journeying with him, but we've, we've really, have, we've approached Rick Preston about stepping on the eldership here in church. Um, Rick leads our um, leadership training pathway here in church. Many of you will not be surprised by the, the decision of this, but yeah, in terms of the process and how we do this, we want to bring you with us in the journey of this. We'll be praying for Rick in a few weeks, but in terms of it's almost, you know, like what we would say at weddings, you know, if anyone here has any lawful impediment where these two may not be joined, um, we, we just want to leave space for you if there's anything you sense just to speak into it as well. So it's, we love you to be praying for Rick and Ruth. It's an exciting time for, for him. Um, but we want you to be part of the journey with us in this as well. So we, we just wanted to make this public uh, this morning. Uh, and we've been praying about this over the last while as well. Yeah, and we're excited about the steps. So the hope would be that last Sunday in October, we'll, we'll have officially pray for Rick that morning together, we, some stage around then. Um, and then at the beginning of November, he would come on just to eldership with us, just with the team that we have there. So be praying for that, will you? Um, yeah, I, I just really sense even during worship, listen, we've, we've got lots we could go through this morning. I've got lots that's down here, but I just really feel that I would... I'm going to try and skim through as much of this as I can, as quickly as I can, because we really want to leave as much space. But I believe that there's healing in the house today. Um, I don't know how we do that COVID safe-wise, whatever it might be, but I just feel that there's healing here today. I feel that the Spirit wants to work today. And so I want to honor him today and his presence with us, just even as we've been led in worship, we've healed King Jesus and his kingly presence here uh, and I believe that there's stuff that he wants to deposit and do, even as we go through the word today um, as well. We, we've been on this theme of advance over, over the last while. Um, this is our theme for this season. And we've kind of taken a bit of a, a not a di- divert, but as part of this, just as a shorter series on this theme of the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. And, and over the last number of weeks, um, so over a couple of weeks ago, Phil began to bring us through the first part of this, and we've been trying to uh, frame it around just four different aims. I'm going to do the last one today. Um, But the first one which Phil brought to us was looking about the manifesto that Jesus came to bring and to declare about the kingdom of heaven. He had come to establish his kingdom fully with us. And the core message that Phil brought out with us the next aim was based around the thought of repentance. Particularly even for today, it's, it's quite poignant to think about this, that idea of repentance, that Greek word metanoia, which means to change how we think. You know, that even in this day of, of world mental health awareness, you know, the battle that is in our mind, 
you know, not, not, not even to do with health, but to do with for our souls, the battle that rages in our minds day and daily. And this was why one of the key focuses of entering in and engaging with the kingdom was around this idea of repentance, changing how we think, guarding how we think, because there is a kingly and a kingdom mindset that the Lord wants to release in our lives and through our lives for those around us. And on this day, I suppose like that's, that's one of the most significant things that we could declare is to pronounce today there, there is hope in this world. Today, if you sit here and you believe that perhaps in your life it feels like a sense of hopelessness, we need you to hear today that there is hope in the name of Jesus. There is hope in his kingdom. It's almost like where Peter and John when they're at the temple and there's silver and gold of a nun, but what I have I give. It's that song we've just sung, I find the love greater than life itself, to find a hope stronger that nothing compares. This is the hope that we have in Jesus. And today, I need you to hear truth because sometimes we struggle to hear, even in those difficult moments, we struggle to remind ourselves and even to believe and to hold on to, but there is hope. And I really want to speak this. If perhaps the sense of hopelessness in your life, I haven't planned to say this, but perhaps if there's a sense of hopelessness in your life that has almost been gripping you, that it comes to the point of you just struggling to continue. I need you to hear today the truth. There is hope for you. There is hope that is available for you today. And this is what is present with us in the kingdom of Jesus. This was the good news. This was more than just something that we read about in a context. It's nice to look back at. This is the good news that Jesus came to declare. And it was all based around this message and the proclamation of repent change how we think because we can think his thoughts and his ways for our lives and for this world. We start to be filled with hope once again. There's a hope that's present. And today is what we really want to just pray and release. I, I feel at the end is that there's a hope that even here by his spirit, he just wants to release afresh in our lives. So it was all based around repentance. Phil then finished last week by looking at the third one of these M's is that there was a method that he did it in relationship with his father and with other people. And today, it brings me on to this final aim of mission, that there was, there is, there was a mission that Jesus came to model, but there is a mission that for us as the people of God, we are called to be part of. That's kind of my last point, so we could probably sit down. Uh, that's where we're going to, but there is, a, there is a mission that is for each and every one of us that we need to embody, and we need to be living out. We've, time and time again, when we've looked in the We've chatted about this topic of the kingdom of heaven, and particularly with this aspect of the mission. There's a, there's a reference in the book of uh, Matthew that we have, have um, referenced again in the past. But in Matthew chapter 4, this is what it says, and you'll see it on the screens. And he, Jesus, went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. Then in Matthew 5 to 7, we, so off the back of this, then we have the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus with his teachings and as he starts to teach the people about what the kingdom's about. Matthew 8 to 9 and there's healings and there's all sorts of signs and wonders. And then at the end of Matthew chapter 9, we get these similar words again. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction that we've we said that in the past it's almost like there are two bookends or two brackets that that have framed almost with the kingdom of heaven as there's an introduction to it and then we see actually an outworking of it in those passages and then there's framing it again with this final closed bookend bracket these two verses this was everything that the kingdom was about this is what jesus had come to 
to reveal to us and to start to live out. And the first distinguishing thing that we just see with us, so there's, we're going to use this as our framework for today. I want to just share with us maybe for 10, 15 minutes, and then we're just going to pray together at the end. But the first thing that we see with this is that Jesus, as they went throughout the villages and he was teaching, but the thing that was so radically different about how Jesus taught was that Jesus came to teach a radical message of sacrificial love. This was very different to the teachers of Jesus' day. It's very different, perhaps, to maybe some of the messages that you've heard growing up in the church, even here in Northern Ireland. Jesus came to teach a radical message of sacrificial love. Jesus had come not to do away with the law, but he had come to fully establish it. He had come to fully fulfill it. He had come to bring a radical new interpretation of everything that the law was about. Um, the thing that was Jesus recognized, though, and perhaps this is even the same we see today in, in our church, what Jesus faced was that as Jesus was speaking to the people that he did life with and the people that were around him, he was speaking to people that it's not as if they weren't interested in God, they were. Even in the church in Northern Ireland, they would say this, it's not as if many people aren't interested in God, they are. But similar to what Jesus was facing in his culture, they just had a wrong understanding of who God was. Sometimes it's not even to do the fact that we're not interested, but we have a wrong understanding about who God is and what God thinks about you, how God as Father thinks about you, how God as Father sees you. We have a wrong understanding. The Pharisees had all sorts of rules and regulations. They had the law that they, they had... They had um, from the times of Moses, and they had framed it around to help them almost be safe in terms of making sure that they kept it and not kept it. They had these 613 rules. Man, imagine how laborsome that was, 613 rules that they had said that if you could just do this, 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 and this, and the list goes on 613 times, then you've got it, you're in. This is how they thought. If you keep it, you're in, and if you break it, you're out. And, uh, and there was sort of a system that was going on because of this that Basically, in people's minds, you were either considered pure or impure. I'd shown this a long number of years ago in church and a reference to for anybody who's been through Ignite when we've taught on the ways of a disciple. But in Jesus' culture, you were either considered pure or impure. Those that were pure were the clean, righteous, male, generally rich people, Jews, well, healthy, whole. Those that were considered impure were the unclean, the outcasts, the sinners, females, poor, Gentile, ill, maimed, diseased. If you fell in one of these categories in the right, you were marginalized, you were kept out in the back corner of things in culture and in society. And that's why in the manifesto that Phil referenced a couple of weeks ago, that's why this was just something that was suddenly so different. Everything that was formed and based on radical love, it was something that was so different. And suddenly everybody started to set up the religious leaders were sitting up because they thought, this is complete heresy. This is complete blasphemy. And for everyone else who on the right-hand side of this table were marginalized, no one wanted anything to do with, suddenly they set up because Jesus came along and started to declare these, these words. Look at the people on the right. This is why the manifesto of Jesus suddenly pricked up all the ears. Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor people on the right. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Suddenly, somebody, 
a rabbi, someone who was considered worthy in their culture, and people who were looking at Jesus as a rabbi, suddenly was speaking words of love and life and affirmation over these people who were marginalized and pushed out in society. And this is where Jesus suddenly starts to declare, this is what the kingdom of heaven is about. It is for each and every person. We know that verse, John 3, 16, for God so loved the whole world. <laughs> Nobody left out, no one excluded. For time's sake, I'll, I'll briefly just try to summarize this. The Pharisees try to catch Jesus out, and they start to come and ask, well, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus says um, this verse um, in Matthew, um, whatever it is. <laughs> and he said, you see it on the screen. And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and all the prophets. From a religious point of view, every devout Jew got the first part because they prayed it every single day. This is what you read in Deuteronomy. It was called the, the Shema. Hero Israel, this is the first part of it. The Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and your might. They got that. But then Jesus does something that isn't even just a little step further. This is like massively radical in terms of what they knew. And Jesus takes another verse from the book of Leviticus, this verse where it says, you shall not take vengeance or bear grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And Jesus comes and brings these both together. And he says, based on these two things, put your 613, 613 things aside. Based on these two things, this is everything hangs on these two things alone. And Jesus pretty much comes and says that the central method, the central message, the whole point of the mission was all about love. This is why we've just sang this song this morning. I found a love greater than life itself. It was all about love. Jesus wanted his followers to get this. He wanted his, his church to live out this mandate and this mission. This is why Jesus said these words in John 10 to his disciples. He says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples, not by your attendance in church, how much you put into the tithes and offerings basket, which teams you serve on. Jesus says, by this, all people will know you are my disciples, that you love. Paul takes it a step further to the church. He's speaking to the church in Corinth, and suddenly we've, we've reduced it to a passage that we just bring out at weddings because we think it's the right thing to read, and it's something that fills us with a real sense of nice, niceness, if that's even a word. It's probably not a word, Julie. You can crack me off the back of it, right? But it's, there we go. And it makes people feel, oh, wasn't that lovely? It's a nice we thought. But Paul speaks to the church, and he says these words in 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongue of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to the hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Like Paul, it's not as if he's saying, like, you know, just having love, like again, in a nice, mushy sort of feeling, but like if we don't have an experience and an understanding of the love of God, if this isn't our testimony, I have found a love greater than life itself, then it's just a religiosity and it's a way of doing things. But when we find this love, suddenly this is what changes everything. And it's this love that changes how we act towards one another. It's this love that Jesus' kingdom is rooted in. It's this love that changes how we should even engage with one another. Again, it's not just about turning up to church to, to do these sort of things, but it changes everything. These words, again, in 1 Corinthians 13, I was reading them during the week uh, in one of our meetings um, in staff. 
And I love these words. Love is patient. Love is kind. Listen to this. Let this sink into your soul. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. I think I said this at a wedding recently, love looks like something. If we're not a people of love, then we need to recognize that it's not the kingdom. If we're talking about the kingdom of God, there's lots of different things that we can do, but if it's not based and flowing out of love, it's not the kingdom. And it's not what Jesus is about. And this is where we as the people of God and as the church, we need to press into and believe and hope for love more than ever. We need to be daily positioning ourselves in the love of the Father. This is why time with God and time with the Father in prayer and as we center ourselves around the Word, it's more than just a discipline for the sake of it, but it's allowing our, our minds to be flooded afresh with the truth of His love for us. It's allowing ourselves to come alive with who he truly is. It's why we day and daily need to be inviting the Holy Spirit to come alive and to help us to step into these things. Because remember what the fruit of the Spirit is about. The first aspect of the, of the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. Paul says this, the fruit or the result of the Holy Spirit being alive within us is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and the list goes on. But the first part of it is love. And so if we want to be the people that actually bring the kingdom of God and live it out, we cannot do it unless we have a fuller, true understanding of the love of God for us and that that love comes alive and lives. And this is why, if there's an application for us, man, we need to be a people that are desperate for the Holy Spirit. Lauren's just led us not this morning. The Holy Spirit is our helper. The Apostle John said this, we, we love in this way the sacrificial love because he first loved us. We can only love out of a return of what we've experienced. And this is why we need the help of, of God to be able to do this. When Jesus came to declare this message, it was radically different. A radical message of sacrificial love. Second thing, simply that Jesus came to, in, in terms of unpacking the mission of the kingdom. He came to display what the kingdom qualifications were actually about. So, and all these different things that we could say, well, that's kingdom, or that's kingdom, or that's kingdom, or that's kingdom of God. Jesus actually came to say, if you want to boil it down, and this is what we read in this passage in Matthew 4 and in Matthew 9, if you want to boil it down, this is what actually qualifies in terms of kingdom work. And the first thing that we simply see is this, proclaim. And the word that's used for it there is just, it's the same word as like in terms of a, a heralding, a heralding in the, in the public square. And it's about speaking good news and a proclamation of good news. Remember that list of people on the right, it was really good news to them, wasn't it? Man, this is why they were standing up. Everyone else had kicked them to the curb and pushed them over to the side and said, you're a, load of, you're a, load of, you're a waste of space. And suddenly there is good news that's declared. Somebody starts to speak good news in terms of the proclamation of what God was actually about. It wasn't merely just a gospel to try and say to people about how they could get saved so they could get to heaven when they die, but it was a gospel suddenly that was releasing and allowing people to understand that the kingdom of heaven was coming to take up residence here on earth. And the thing for us as the church is that we need to be a people more than ever that's proclaim Jesus. 
that just speak Jesus. You know, sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes the people of God can sometimes be the most negative at times. And we need to be sure that we are, as, as children of God, we are not carriers of complaint, but we're carriers of hope. We've just been singing about hope this morning, is why I want to say this morning, there's a hope. And with all the complaints and all the words that are being spoken in culture, sometimes we can join in with it as a church and we need to stop it. We need to stop it because we have a different mindset. We have a different mandate for how we are and how we live. There's a hope that we have and we need to stop being carriers of complaint and critique for other people. We need to be carriers of hope and to give it away. We need to proclaim Jesus and speak about the hope that he has. And the second two parts of this, all part of it. So this is the qualification. I mentioned this years ago, PhD. And we say this, proclaim, heal, deliver. This is what qualifies us. In terms of living out the mandate of the kingdom of God, healing and delivering, the two are intrinsically linked. But Paul says this to the church in Colossae, this is what Jesus was all about. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. Well, the kingdom of darkness purposed only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus demonstrated that the binding and reversal of the curse which the kingdom of heaven brings instead brings life in the fullest way possible. John says this, the apostle John in 1 John chapter 3. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. You see, there's another kingdom that seeks to come against us and to oppose. But part of what it is to be part of the mission of the kingdom of God is that we are to be those that oppose and disarm the works of the devil. And part of the tactics and the work of the devil is that he just loves to whisper lies and to sow lies. That's why we need to be speakers and heralders of truth. That's why I know it can sound like a really cheesy thing to say and to do, but that's why we want to say there's a hope that there is for us because it's truth. It's more than just a nice thing. It's truth. So we, we set aside the lies. We want to disarm the tactics of the enemy. And we see this in the life of Jesus, that he didn't just come to speak the message, but he came to do it. In Matthew chapter 8 to 9, we see this. The account of numerous people healed and restored. The blind were made to see. The dead were raised. The demonic people were delivered. Everything. And what we see in this, absolutely everything when it comes to the kingdom of God. Absolutely everything. This is why today it's been such a joy and worship to just sing and declare his name. Because everything absolutely everything must bow to the power and authority of the name of King Jesus. Absolutely everything. Absolutely everything must bow to the power and authority of the name of King Jesus. And then as we wrap us up, this is then the third part of this. You see, as Jesus came and he modeled all this out, the final thing that he simply did with the mission was this. He empowered and released others to embody the kingdom, Matthew, Matthew 4 to 9, so that's what I'm saying, you've got the two bookends, you've got all the stuff in between as Jesus models it, and then we go into Matthew chapter 10, and straight away in Matthew chapter 10, we see Jesus saying, right, well, now you know what it's all about, it's over to you. In Matthew chapter 10, we see the first calling and commissioning of the disciples. We see this, Jesus called the 12 disciples and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness verse goes on to say this, and you see the part down at the bottom, these 12 were sent out, and Jesus said this, as you go, proclaim this message, the stuff that Jesus was doing, he's saying right over to you, proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you've received, 
now freely give. And we will look at this next week when we talk a lot more about the authority that we have in the kingdom. And he gives this to the church and to all the followers in the Great Commission. And he says, go into all the world. Go into all the world. And as we land today, and as we just draw this up into a bit of a close, um, part of what I've really been meditating on over the last couple of weeks, and, and Phil, Phil has always said this over the years, so I've, I've loved, I, I love having Phil as the father of our house, and, and, his, and his teachings, he's always said this over the years, you know, about how everything in the Old Testament points forward to Jesus. And, and yet there's a, prof- in, that, in the Old Testament is what I've been meditating on myself, part of a prophetic word and a picture for us as the church in these moments. And I've been thinking a lot about the life of Moses and Joshua, this prophetic picture of Moses to Joshua. Moses came, demonstrated to the people, what, it, and he led the people in terms of into freedom and liberty from their oppressors, brought them through the wilderness. But then Moses empowered and equipped not just Joshua, but he empowered and equipped the Joshua generation. And it was a prophetic picture of what Jesus was going to do in the Great Commission. He was going to empower and equip a generation that could see the ways that he had modeled out and were then going to take it. And in Joshua chapter 1, let's just read this together just as we come to close. It says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them the land or to the people of Israel, every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I've given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, and it goes on and on and on, and then it says, be strong at the end, be strong and courageous, for you will cause the people to inherit the land that I have swore to their fathers to give them. This is part of the call for us. The kingdom of heaven has been given to us that as the people of God, it is our mandate and our responsibility to inherit and to take possession of the land, not in an old crusade mindset where it was like by military might, but actually as we bring and we declare the good news of the kingdom of God. But the bit that I've underlined was just the bit that I just wanted to close with today, and we're going to pray into this. You know, sometimes I think one of the limiting factors for us in terms of our understanding of God and our belief about God and what God could do in us and what God could do through us is actually ourselves. I think how we think about God and what we believe God might actually want to do with little old me, but I know who I am. Would God really want to use me? But could God really do these sort of things through me? And the the word that's given in this word of I've just underlined is that the call to Joshua was that you were to bring the people from here and you were to go as far as to the next thing. And part of the mindset that we need to be living with in these days and at this time is we need to be people that are prepared to go as far as. What are the things that the Lord wants to lead us into? What are some of the things? That's why we're going to be praying into the area of poverty in our community on Thursday night. What are some of the things that God wants to bring us to as far as? In these areas, sometimes we're the ones that limit it and put the, the, almost the, the brakes on it in terms of where we think it go, and we think, oh, well, it could potentially go with it this way, and we belittle what God could do, and yet the mindset in the call is we go as far as, and we stay in step with God, and we, we only stop when God tells us to stop. That's why we referenced the narrative about the cloud and the pillar of cloud. When God says stop, we stop, and until that point, we have the belief and faith that we go as far as. And so for you and your family and in your everyday life, this is where it becomes real, in your family, and some of the things that you're praying and you're believing God for, 
the mindset that we need to hold in faith for is that we believe, God, we could go as far as. What does it mean for the kingdom of God to break into your business? What are some of the things that it's leading into? We believe in faith for as far as. It's not as if we have, we're just clinging on to something that might not happen, but we actually, we want to believe and step in faith. What does it mean for your family? What does it mean for your job? What are some of the things that we need to believe? God, we believe in faith that we could go as far as. And that as the people of God, this is where at this moment and at this time, people need to hear a message of hope and of truth. And we need to be a people that speak and declare and as far as mindset. We need to not be limited by what we see in culture and what we hear around us and what people are saying. We have a different mindset. We have a different mandate because of the kingdom of God. We have a belief in faith that we can go as far as where God wants to lead us. And that's why today, as we finish, Sarah and the guys are going to come, I believe that today, actually, one of the things we want to believe as far as today is for just wholeness and wellness in who we are as a people. We want to believe in full healing and restoration for people in the house. We want to believe, if you're watching at home with us today, that there can be fullness and healing and wholeness in your life. And today, we don't want to do that in half measures, but we want to believe as far as... We believe that God wants to bring fullness and restoration to your life today. This is his desire that he wants to lead you in. And even this is a journey for you, even today in your mind that God wants to take you by a hand as a father and to start leading you and to start leading you into new spaces. But today we need to recognize that it all begins with a realization that actually there's, there's a repentance and a renewing of the way that we have thought. No longer is it a, oh, I hope it might be um, How could God use little old me? And actually, you need to recognize we're sons and daughters of the King. We are those that have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are disciples of Jesus that have now been entrusted with this mandate and this mission to carry on the work of the kingdom of God. And the mindset that we need to believe and to lead into is, God, we are believing that we're going to go as far as you will say. And so today, I would love, I don't know where we're going to go with this, but in a couple of ways, I think, just the guys are, guys are going to close us just with a worship song in a second. But why don't you close your eyes, can you? I'm going to get you all to stand in a little second. Today, I want to believe. We're, we're starting to see stories with us. We sat in staff Monday morning. We're starting to hear stories of salvation. We're starting to hear stories of prodigals starting to return. And we're believing in faith that actually we're going to see more and more and more people coming to know Jesus as their personal Savior. We believe in the mindset of as far as. And so I want to just say today, if you don't know Jesus, and actually part of the reason why you're here today is because you just long to know who he is. We, we, would, love, we would love to introduce you to Jesus. The hope of the world, the one who died to pay the price for our sins so that we could be in relationship with the Father. And if you've never entered into that moment, and today is the day that actually you feel like, I, would, I really want to do that. Could you raise your hand for me today? If you feel that this is you in the room today, you feel that actually today is the day that you want to get things right with the Lord. Could you raise your hand just so that we could get praying with you at the end?
today, I fully believe that the Spirit is here in healing today. Uh, and as it, before the guys start to, to sing and we bring this to a close, I just want to just leave it space for an invitation today because we really want to pray into this. If today you feel that you just need a measure and a touch of the King today in an area of healing in your life, it might be on this day, it might be over your mind, but it might be over a physical condition in your body, I would love for you to stand with me today. And we want to just, in faith, believe in and as far as mindset, we want to believe in all of this for you today. So if today you feel like you need a measure of a touch of healing in your body, would you stand with me today so that we can pray? So why don't we just even, before we sing, I'm going to pray, but if you look around, you'll see maybe there's some people that are standing. Would you do me a favor? Why don't you stretch out your hands towards some of these people? If you're with them, why don't you lay your hands on them this morning? Let's be the church together. Why don't we just start to release prayers in the room this morning? Let's, with this faith-filled mindset of God, we believe for these individuals that you will take them as far as we believe, God, that you will bring them beyond us. Let's start releasing prayers of faith. I'm going to pray just in a second, and then we'll flow into worship. Spirit, as we welcome you, as you start to flow in, the, in this space and in this moment. Jesus, in your name, with the authority of your name and in the power of your name, Jesus, this morning in this space, we just declare and release healing in this room this morning. God, for those who are standing for different reasons, God, for whatever it might be, God, whatever the condition is, I thank you, Jesus, that we believe that there is power in your name. This morning we began our space of worship by declaring and pronouncing all heal King Jesus. And God, over whatever the conditions are in the room this morning, we just pray in the name of King Jesus. We heal you, King Jesus, amongst us this morning. And Spirit, we just pray right now that you would start to release healing, God, over bodies. God, we pray that you would begin to release healing, God, over minds this morning. God, we pray, Lord, whatever the condition is, we thank you that everything must bow the knee to the name of King Jesus. God, everything, God, submits itself to your name that is above every other name. And Jesus, at the power and in the power of your name, we declare full healing in this room this morning. God, as the people of God together, we come with your mission, Jesus, that you have commissioned us to be about. 
We thank you that this was not our idea, God, or something we just try to just clutch or to hold on to. Jesus, this was your desire for us as your church, that we would be those that would continue the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in this room this morning, we release and declare the good news of healing this morning. We release and declare the good news of wholeness this morning and a fullness of life this morning. Jesus, thank you that this was your design and purpose, the way the kingdom of darkness came to steal, kill, and destroy. We thank you, Jesus, that you were the one that came to bring life in the fullest way possible. And it's that that we say yes to this morning in your name, Jesus. It's fullness of life that we stand in faith for this morning. God, in and as far as mindset, God, it's that that we hold on to this morning for these people standing. Holy Spirit, would you flow right now? Allow people to just feel a sense, God, of your touch this morning. We just release you. Come, Holy Spirit, come and bring, bring healing, we pray. Just as people continue just to be prayed for this morning, why don't we just for a couple of minutes, while other people are standing around and praying, why don't we just stand and just sing these words together, can we? And then we'll bring this to a close. But let's continue to pray. If there's anyone you're praying for, let's continue to press into you for healing this morning. Let's sing and worship King Jesus this morning. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.